Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 124, and today we're joined by Drew Armstrong, the gear envy with Drew Armstrong guy. Yeah, hey Drew, how's it going? Good, good today. So uh, basically you and I are going to talk about a couple experiences we've had. Um, Aaron's going to introduce introduce us to the show yeah, today. Yeah, I think and we then, uh, uh, just get rolling and then yeah. you guys take off from there. Because we have two good mics and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you're getting a little too close to me here for... You don't want my, my lips up next <laughs> to your, your lips face? Your are too close to my lips next to this mic. <laughs> All right. Well, then so. let's go ahead and get ready with this episode. Let's get started at Mark. Camera manufacturers have decided to just arbitrarily change ISO to whatever they want it to be. ISO is completely made up. We should just call it gain or brightness or something else. But camera manufacturers stick to the tradition of ISO from the film days, even though they then manipulate it to probably try to make their images look better at a given ISO. It makes no sense to me why we continue to do this, but we do. All right, yeah, yeah. So Brendan brings up this clip, and I did see the video for it, and apparently there's been a lot of talk about it. There has been, actually. Lots of talk, lots of uh, other videos made from like F- people like F-Stoppers that did um, videos that were kind of um, agreeing and disagreeing at the same time. Um, and then it brings up the topic of ISO invariance, which actually was done by Jim Harmer on his website um, at uh, Improved Photography. There's an uh, article done by him about ISO invariance. And I read that a while ago and it's very confusing still. There's some also some rebuttals on video as well. And so what I get from it though, and even in Tony's own um, own examples on his own video, when he shows the difference and he says that's practically, there's practically no difference between these two side by side, you could actually see, I noticed right off the bat, I'm like, there's more color noise in this one than that one, you know? And so what happens I think is that the camera from, from what I take is the camera sensor ISO levels, yeah, they probably don't change, but when it's amplified, the processor in the camera does more to clean the image up when you set the ISO setting higher in your camera versus taking like a 100 ISO and then jacking it up five stops. You're going to see more noise, color noise, because the camera processor didn't have a chance to process that. Well, image. I think that's what they're talking about with Even ISO variance versus the, the, the ISO variant cameras. ISO variant camera, um, you know, like, like that really it's the Sony, the Sony Fuji and Nikon sensors are a lot more ISO invariant and the Canon sensors are ISO variant. And so what that basically means is it means that if you go ahead and, and you, you take something with a boosted ISO, you take a picture, say at 3,200 with the Sony Fuji or Nikon sensor, and then, um, you, and then you go back to, to a, a 100 ISO and you take the picture and then you pump it up in, in, uh, in post, in Lightroom. The, the picture is going to show you about the same amount of noise in either of the pictures. Right, and that's what I, and that, and that's what I noticed in his video, that they, the noise was the same except the one that got pumped up actually had more color noise. 
and therefore the image yeah. wasn't as clean. Yeah, but so. with the with the Canon stuff, the Canon, um, uh, you know, the ISO on the Canons, when you if you actually, I mean, if you're going to, and we know this from doing Milky Way photography, mm-hmm. if you're going to shoot with a Canon. You actually just go ahead and just push that ISO up, right? Because the, the processor does a lot more in the camera than you would do in post, right? Because in, in post you just don't have the leeway that you do with the ISO invariant cameras. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow, it's kind of an interesting thing. It's interesting how a comic topic like that can really blow up a lot of resp- responses. You said <laughs> S stoppers even gave a response. Oh yeah, to Tony within, like, within the hour it seemed like. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and some of it was in agreement, but some mm-hmm. of it, there, he had a little bit of a, a disagreement about it. I, I would suggest watching them. I mean, they're absolutely. Very We've got the links down below, guys, so that you guys can watch this video, catch up on the topic. But let's go ahead and take our only break of the podcast, and we'll come back and talk foxes in Bryce Canyon, but two of those are in different, completely different locations. <laughs> Hey guys, if you're thinking about learning Star Tracker photography, the best way to learn it is through Eric Benedetti, and we have a course with Eric Benedetti that will teach you wonderful post-processing. Like the post-processing techniques are amazing, and then it's gonna help you incredibly with your Star Tracker. Now, Drew, you just barely hung out with Eric Benedetti and used your Star Tracker with him. How different was it having him there and learning from Eric Benedetti? How much did it change for you? Oh my gosh, I, I you know, I was so intimidated by that equipment. It was like, like when I first bought my first drone, and I didn't fly it for three weeks because I was scared to death, right? <laughs> it's expensive and you don't want to yeah, break you're it. like, oh, crap. I don't want to this one. But it, it's a, it was a, kind of the same feeling where I'm like, okay, I've got this. I really, I mean, I I almost didn't dare open that stuff up myself. And it, I mean, I, <laughs> I would have opened it up, but setting it up myself, it was so easy with him looking over your shoulder and saying, okay, this is what you do. This is how this works. This is what this is for. This is why we do this. And uh, I mean, just even that, okay, you got to keep the, the weight on this side versus that side or else the gears don't work quite right. Here's I mean, the reasons why. I, no idea. I mean, Eric Benedetti is a master at doing Star Tracker photography. So learn from him if you want to get involved in it this year. You guys can go to milkywayphotographers.com forward slash tutorials to find it and other tutorials from us, as well as a link down below directly to Eric Benedetti's course. So check it out Star Tracker with Eric Benedetti. Hey guys, welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. Drew and I are going to be talking about um, a little outing we did together, kind of close by my house, about a you know, five, 10 minute drive from my place is a little park. And in that park, there are some wild foxes that live there. Yeah. And we, we, I invited Drew to come over one morning because I'd been there the night before. And I said, my, my daughter and I saw like 13 foxes that night, yeah. or at least 13 different sightings. Um, couple Probably of, the same fox running been the all same. over the place. Yeah, he's really fast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I was excited to see if they're active in the morning because the morning light would be perfect because the sun's coming up. You're going to eventually have more and more light and it'd be even better photography if they're out and about, right? Because at sunset, it's the opposite. It was like the sun was going down. We had less and less light and they were more active at night, but then we had no shots because they were moving too fast. It was too dark. Our cameras weren't fast enough. So it was just kind of a kind of a pain. So... I wanted him to come over the next morning, and so he did. Came over about uh, seven o'clock. Yeah, about seven o'clock. We tried to get there and, uh, like yeah. for almost sunrise. That, and I'll, I'll tell you what: had I known that we were going to get as skunked as we did, we should have stopped and taken a picture of that moon. Holy cow! Oh, you're right. I mean, we were so. It's true. The moon rise was amazing. Moon, that morning. moon set. It looked like oh, a the rise. moon set. You're right. But Sorry, it was moon setting, set. and we were looking yes. at it out on the west side of oh. uh, the Salt Lake Valley. 
and the Utah, Utah County area where we are now, both of them have the Rockies, the the big Wasatch Front on one side, mm-hmm. but on the other side there's mountains too. Pretty big. And those ones, ones too, yeah. aren't those. They're not small, but they're a lot smaller mm-hmm. than the mm-hmm. than the Wasatch Front right. mountains on the other side, and um, and so we there was this beautiful pink moon set, and the moon was. You know how it gets when it's like right over or uh, I, I actually I haven't seen it that big over uh, on the horizon for a long time. It was like right. as big as the mountain was. It was just gigantic. I know. And it was setting right almost touching the tips of the mountain peaks on that side. And it was pink. And <sighs> and the so yeah. the, the peaks are snow covered. So mm-hmm. you've got the moon's white and it's just a little different than the white from the peaks. Yeah. And then you've got the pink Dawn. What we should have done is turned. See, this is a lesson for next time. What we should have done is turned right instead of left and gone up that hill. Oh yeah, and, and then we had a higher left. vantage point. We could have just pulled over anywhere, and, and then we could have the shot. Back of the truck. And he had drones in the back of the car. We could have oh. just put a drone up and gotten anywhere. Anyhow, yeah, that's a lesson to be learned. Yeah, okay. it was beautiful. I hope uh, some of you guys got really good uh, moon shots. Oh, I hope so too, because that was incredible. It, that would have been incredible. But we were trying to get foxes. That's what we were out for. Yep. Yep. I think sometimes that's a lesson about flexibility. Don't mm, you think? It totally is. We actually talked to Kim Grant um, earlier today in our podcast interview about that very same thing. Yeah. <laughs> about about being willing to get your camera off the tripod and be flexible. But this is another situation where something awesome is happening, but you're dead set on doing this one thing. Guess what? You should probably take the opportunity that's presented, yeah, if right? It's awesome. And it's, it's the one right bird there, in the hand versus two yeah. in the bush. Is that what kind of what that, cause that, that feels that's like exactly that. what it was. Yeah. But we will go back and we'll get some foxes. Anyhow, I, I think I'm going to go back on Saturday. I'm not sure. Well, I, I went so. back the other day. This is what oh, I'm going to yeah? tell you. This is an update. I went back on Sunday afternoon. Okay. And with my daughters and uh, with with the whole family actually, and I went walking around a couple places that we went to first. Nothing. I couldn't see anything. And then I walk all the way back around where everybody walks their dog on that big path. And the guy's standing right there. And he's just like, and he sees my camera. He's like, oh, there's one sleeping right here. My like, course is the last place I go. And he's right there. Should have been the first place I went. Sleeping. Sleeping. But he's sunbathing because the sun was setting and he was sun was hitting him right there in the in the little thicket. And he's right at the edge of it. And he's sleeping right there, getting some sun. And I'm like, ooh. Nice. And then he looked up, he poked his head up and looked at me and I tried to get, you know, getting a couple shots. I'm got my crummy, you know, 70 to 300. Yeah. So I take a couple shots. He's not doing anything. He's just still just sitting there. It's like, okay, he's going to be here for a while. Probably I'm going to go back and get my family and bring him back. So I go all the way back, bring my family back. It's been like 10 minutes at that point, And then nothing. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. Sleep for a fox isn't so, really sleep. And so we, so we sat there for a few minutes and all of a sudden, um, we see one of them running in the background on the other side of the thicket. I'm like, Oh, and then we see a couple of heads in the thicket and we're like, Oh, they're up. They're getting roaming around, you know? And then two of them come out. The one guy, the sleepy one comes out again of like this little like thicket cave, you know? And then another one comes running past him and he's looking at him and he's like, he's like, should I chase him? You know? And so I got some actual Fox pictures. No I got way. some running. I got the other guy looking at him. Then I got that guy. And then I got him standing on all four legs, turning directly at me. And the sun was directly in his eyes. And so he had that nice little sun circle oh, in his eyes, wow. perfectly clear pupils, Fox staring at me. I'm like, Oh, that's why you go back. Awesome. So we know I've been there twice now in the evening. That is the time to go is in the evening. Okay. And they get the best light. The sun sets between the mountain ranges. And it just boom hits you guys right in there. Th- these perfect. foxes are are urban foxes, and they're not af- they're not afraid of people. Although, 
Well, you they're know, skittish, but they're... maybe they totally would normally come out in the morning. And the problem is, is there's too many dogs you... walk being walked in the morning. I think that's my guess. Oh, I, I think that's it too. It's not that somebody sets off the panic button on their car right. as they're getting loaded up <laughs> with their cameras and stuff, and it goes off for three minutes before you can. No, it can't be turn that. It off. No, uh, I'm sure that's not. Well, it. we did see one in the play. We did see one near the playground that did take off. Once yeah, we arrived, that's true. So we did see one out far from where I saw the other ones. So, so. we have evidence that that uh, they they are annoyed by the panic alarm. I think that if we got the there, horn. I think that if we got there like at six o'clock and walked around, no, you know, it's so cold th- that time of morning. Mm. If I was a fox, but they were I'd running be curled around, up though. with my nose under my tail at six o'clock. Well, in I the think morning. they're, but I think they're normally nocturnal though. I think what happens is yeah, they. I know, but don't you think you'd wait a little bit until you warmed up? I don't know. I don't know. I have a big list of of good, like, I'm going to go take pictures of foxes hints. Okay. We should put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm going to follow it a little bit better next time. That's well, now sure. that I know these particular guys are definitely more active in the evening at sunset, that's, a good uh, idea. that's the time we should go back because especially with the, with your cameras, we had we had two Sonys with one to 400 and a 70 to 200 yeah, we got with the, a we, multiplier. We got the, the 70 to 200 with a 2X teleconverter. Uh-huh. And so that's f two point eight. So it's a five point six with the two x teleconverter. Right, right, right. I think that's right. Yeah, that's that sounds and, right. And then you've got the um, one to four hundred. That's like a five six, six to six, six five three. or something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. And and both of those are pretty good. I mean, um, my wife and I took those up to Yellowstone and got some really good stuff with those. Right. It, it's. I mean, they're on full frame. Actually, I think I'm going to end up getting a crop sensor Sony at some point. I think I'll wait till the till like the the a 7,000 comes out or whatever, something that's a little bit better, but mm. has that the focusing like the a 6,400 does. That's what right. I'm going to do. Yeah. Because that's the thing, this kind of stuff. And then we were just talking earlier too, about crop sensor versus full body because, um, because, uh, Kim Grant doesn't use a full frame sensor. Wildlife photographers generally don't. Yeah. And she's not doing only wildlife. She's doing beach and a lot of landscape, Yeah, but just because you, can't afford a full frame doesn't mean you should be all poo poo about your crop sensor because oh, no. there's I mean, so many advantages of having a crop sensor. So I had, I, I had a, a 5d Mark three mm-hmm. and uh, no, actually it was a 5d Mark two. I had a 5d okay. Mark two and I was thinking about getting the 5d Mark three and that's mm-hmm. when I got that a seven R two. Oh, I see. But okay. I also had a 7d Mark two at the time and I kept the 7d Mark two. That's right. Yes. And so I said, okay, the Sony is going to be my landscape. Right camera and and then the the crop sensor remember you brought really the 72 good. bryce right. or sorry to arches that one yeah, that one Ar- yeah. arches Last and year. i went and did the first year we went to oregon with oh, the right. 70 yes. mark ii because yes. i was waiting for the 70 a7r3 to come yeah. out so but, but not a bad I, not no, a bad camera great camera mm-hmm. but i think the new one's on it's i'm i'm surprised it's not out already but mm. um i w- i think they will probably release an a7 i mean a 7d mark three or, um, or an 8D or whatever, whatever the next uh, step, might, step might be. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a 7D Mark III, but, they, but I, I don't know because I don't know if mirrorless is going to interfere with that, although they don't mm. have any. I think it's going to be a while till they put any crop sensor mirrorless out from those guys. Oh, so, yeah, probably. I mean, probably. if you're going to do crop sensor right now, I'd get a – really, I mean, if you're just getting into it, I'd get a Sony a, 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 a6500 or a6400 or I'd get a a, a Fuji XT3. Yeah, and I was ta- and I was just looking at the Fujis, and this um, one photographer on uh, YouTube was saying the Fuji 
X-H1 mm-hmm. is a fantastic camera and it's dirt cheap right now. I mean, the body with the grip is like 1200 bucks. Wow. And it's a phenomenal and camera. X-T3 is really And the X-T3 is actually too. just a little bit more expensive, but, and it's hardly, a little bit newer, though, but, yeah. but hardly, maybe a couple hundred dollars. So yeah. two, three hundred dollars. So because they're crop sensors, so they're a little less money. So right. I, I, I think I'll end up getting something from Sony because I want to be able to use the same set of lenses, right, but right. it just pushes them out to where, you know, when you've got that crop factor is nice. It pushes right. it out. So, right. And for I mean, doing macro and wildlife, it's just a fantastic system to have that I mean, extra push. Guys, extra reach. remember red cameras mostly have crop sensor <laughs> sensors. You know? mm. but, I mean, they're shooting video, but still, right. you know, that's crop sensor. My, the, mm-hmm. the drone, uh, the, the my drone the inspire has a crop two's sensor. crop sensor yeah, yeah the, micro is it micro four thirds or is it just no, a, no, it's it's APS-C, that's so, right. yes. so the x5 camera is, is the, the micro four thirds right. right. the x7 is the aps-c so. yeah 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 yep um they're they're great if you want uh want want to you know make your lenses longer that's the cheapest way to get your lenses right longer. So, so i know dan linhart is a is a buddy of ours and helps with photog ventures um with certain things and he uses a crop sensor nikon with the one to one fifty to six hundred, I believe lens, yep. and holy moly, does that thing get Zoom amazing there, yeah. reach? Yeah. yeah, I mean, and his the detail. I mean, if you guys are just getting into photography or wondering if you get get a second body, honestly, my if I get a second body, it's gonna be a crop sensor. Yeah, it's so I can do better macro, get closer. Yep, and if with a newer sensor. And a newer body, it's going to have phenomenal picture quality. I'm well, totally looking forward to that. The, I mean, the the reasons that we like the bigger sensor are better low light performance, right? Yeah. But we don't worry about that so much with the. I mean, that's the reason we do full like astral photography right. is better with a full frame. Yes. Um, but if you're trying to do um, fast action or anything where you anything need the else, lenses to honestly, be long, yeah. the sensors, anything that's not low light performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, dependent you know the crop sensor really helps because it makes yeah. that glass longer so yeah exactly anyhow we'll have to go out i've i mean i've seen so many pictures coming out of that park lately and they are really yeah you've good. seen local guys doing oh, showing off their fox pictures good. I, 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 I am jealous of the fox pictures but that's the thing is that i was also jealous of those red rocks down at bryce mm. with snow on them and i wanted those i i still want to go down and get do the same thing in zions i haven't done that oh, i've been watching true. jeff's like snow pictures before mm. he left for africa um down in zions and and i've got my, yeah, my, heck, my doctor um has he went down there a couple of days ago and when the storms hit that oh, we yeah? have the snow on the mountains and, and there, it was snowing in las vegas and stuff oh, and so he yeah. went down to zions for that trip and so you get Zions with snow on mm. all the hills and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to go. So Actually, that's we the should thing go is, this weekend. There's something um, that's super magical about red rock with snow on it. The contrast. The contrast is just so amazing because the lo- the rocks are already like layered in this really cool, like puffy way or sometimes very straight hard way. But it's just so variant that depending on where you are, what part of this park you're in or what rocks you're looking at, you can have some amazingly beautiful landscapes. Well, imagine, I mean, a lot of times we as photographers love to go out and get the pine trees when they're bent over with the new snow before mm. the snow falls off of them, yeah, right? Yeah. When, when when the snow is sitting on top and the top of it's actually all the way bent over from the weight oh, of the yeah, snow yeah. and everything looks like it's just like frosting got yeah. poured all over yeah, it or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's a, a wonderful look for landscape mm-hmm. photographers. Mm-hmm. And you almost get the same thing down at Bryce 
with the hoodoos all sticking up with, mm. with uh, each of them are snow capped. Right. And, uh, I, I've really wanted to get some of those shots for a long time. And so I, I was like, oh, so how know. did your weekend last weekend turn out? It was, it was awesome. I mean, we went down there and it snowed. Um, let's see. It actually snowed the first night we were there. Pretty, okay. pretty good. I mean, it had snowed a few days before, but it dumped probably another five or six inches. Mm. So we went down there on, on Friday okay. afternoon. And when we got there, it was already dark. Um, right. and, and the, the, you know, I was kind of thinking, well, I want to do some astral stuff mm-hmm. because we've got that one hour between right. about, really it's about between four and five thirty. That okay. we've got okay. is the was the window at least when I was down mm-hmm. there. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's changing just a little bit. And the yeah. moon started coming up with the Tuesday after that weekend, and then that mm, you know, right, that right. blew it all. Um, although the, then we get into the huge full moon mm-hmm. that everybody had with the super moon oh, this time. Man, but that was beautiful sunset, moonset. Oh my gosh, it, it, was, it was amazing. So, um, so I, we we got down there and we drove through a little bit of a storm and stuff. But before okay. I went uh, up to um, I mean, I was almost going to go up to Yellowstone like three or four weeks ago mm. and I replaced all the tires on the car because they're just on the Durango. Mm-hmm. It's all wheel drive, but it was just too, they were too bald. Oh, okay. And so I've got okay. these great, and I said, you know what? I'm going to get a little bit more aggressive tire this time instead of touring tires. Cause mm. we're going out in the dirt a lot and mm-hmm. I don't want flat tires and you know, a little bit more rubber True. on there. We are better. getting more, a little bit more aggressive in that in yeah. respect. So yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I did that, but we drove all the way down there and that thing handles like a beast with with brand new aggressive tread tires and so we we got down there i like driving in the snow it's fun and um we stayed at ruby's and uh and we got up early the next morning and the i mean the first time we stuck our heads out the way i mean this happened two days in a row Mm -hmm. where the sky is just not clear you know Mm -hmm. you check all Mm -hmm. you check dark skies you check uh the national weather service and Mm -hmm. everything and you're Mm -hmm. looking at it and then i would go out and stick my head out you know i'm running out in my underwear looking at the off the balcony at the sky to see if there's clouds or anything and there (laughs) were clouds at four but but uh, so we got an extra hour sleep and then we headed into the park at 5 a.m. Okay. And there was probably six inches of snow on the road and there were no tracks. And I don't Ooh. know. I mean, some places we were looking and we're sign. going, I wonder if, I wonder if there were some other tracks, but it was blowing too. And so mm. there was, it was drifting over mm-hmm. and it was, it was cool because as we were driving in, I could see in the rear view mirror and uh, the side view mirrors, mm-hmm. I could see. All the snow is just like like big like circle things where, where like yeah, where there's turbines like like yeah. wind wind wakes yeah. wind wake from from going through there because it was so light you know I mean in Utah oh, we have this powder powder snow right yeah and and literally I I drive past and the road was black oh that's awesome after I drove drove on it and it was probably five or six inches of powder oh. with no base underneath it yeah, it was just yeah. so the powder dry just asphalt right underneath it that's and fantastic. it was just blowing that off the it was really best weird. conditions best ski conditions that's yeah, for sure I know. you start getting like but, you get but it was we, it was weird because you're driving through and it looks like oh we're crunching through the snow and and then it was just blowing away and then nice. and then the window just cover it right back up again so that huh. was interesting, but we, you know, that's not a long drive in. It's, you know, no, you're no. only from Ruby's to, to, yeah, maybe yeah. six, six, eight minutes. Yeah. And, yeah. and so we, we went to, um, sunset point first. Okay. That was the first morning. And, uh, I got there and I, I took my brother and he's never 
really used a camera or anything. So I'm kind of, you He's know, how totally you, newbie to this. Whole totally. Thing. New, I, okay. He doesn't know how to set anything up. So I basically, I have to get him set up and me set up. And right, so I'm, right. I'm setting it up for him and I set, you know, just basically set it up to where I'm like, okay, all you have to do is point this to the direction you want and push the button. <laughs> but it was so fun because it's one of those situations, you know, when you take somebody out to shoot the mm-hmm. Milky Way for the very mm-hmm. first time and they push the button and they wait and then they look at the back of the camera and they're like, oh my gosh, look at that. I know. You can see all those stars, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. And that that's always a kind of a thrill. Now, of course, he's going to get a camera. Sure. Yeah, you which better is, after experience. Which is like okay that. with me because yeah. I want to hang out with him, and I'd rather do that than almost anything else. So yeah, if he's interested, it's I'm always in. good to pick up a new shooting buddy. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yep. So so uh, that was fun, but it made it made it so it was a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. And so where I would have done a longer exposure and a little bit lower ISO, mm. I wanted to get a pano looking out over the whole, all the hoodoos and everything. Oh, so you're yeah, up yeah. over the canyon. And everything. So I, I punched it up to about 6,400 and then was mm-hmm. doing like seven to 10 second exposures. Okay. And I think I probably would have done, you know, if I had a little more time, I probably would have done 15 second exposures. Oh, okay. For the uh, foreground? Uh, no, for the whole thing. For the whole thing. Okay. Um, and, and a lower ISO. Okay. Right. And uh, it, I, I did get to use both the new IRIX that I, I bought, bought oh, that IRIX okay. F2.4. Yeah, um, because Roy said that it was wonderful and it's, it's awesome. I do want to try that lens out. Yeah. I should just borrow Royce's and do borrow a, mine and do a, uh, is, R- your, is R- Canon mount? Yeah. Oh, it's Canon mount. Should just borrow it because do they don't make it in Sony review. mount, but it's completely, it's not like the aperture is not electronic at all. And okay. so who cares? You oh, know, then okay. you just put it on, just put I don't a full even manual. have to worry about it. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so I, I, Shot with that, and I took the Sigma and uh, the Sigma mm. 20 millimeter. Yeah, it's and, also a very uh, nice lens. It's a f 1.4 20 millimeter. Yeah, and th- that was that's a beautiful, beautiful lens for this. And and uh, I man, I I got some good shots, but then I got some shots where where there was enough light from the dawn, and and I I mean literally there was one snowstorm that was over there in the sky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one that was kind of coming in cuz the clouds were moving so yeah, it just so got a little just bit enough of a, of a window. break. Yeah, yeah. And so I got a little band of the Milky Way uh, and a little you could tell Yeah, I saw the, that shot. It was really cool. The core is there but it's yep. kind of behind a yeah, little bit yeah. behind some wispy clouds and stuff. At least I can say I got my February. You can. <laughs> I can't even see that right now. But <laughs> but it, it, it but then there was enough light in the sky from the dawn that it lit the canyon up really oh, nicely nice. and I could see all the red rock and the mm-hmm. and, and there was an you know when there's snow on the ground you don't need that much light cuz the ground's so reflective. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so um that it was it was fun. I got a I got a really good shot. Mm. It has a little more noise in it than I wish it did, but um especially when you're you think in the foreground is so mm. such a big integral part and right. it wasn't there during blue hour, but it was right. almost approaching blue hour in the morning. Okay. So, um, so that was, that was a good shot. And then, uh, then the, the rest of the day uh, that Saturday we came back, we had breakfast and then we went back in at about one or two in the afternoon. We were pretty tired, mm-hmm. but still we, we went back in and then we went down to, um, Bryce point. And that okay. was about as far as they they went in. Um, I, I mean, that you could go in in the park it is is down the other end of the canyon there. Yeah, yeah. Where you're looking up, and the other areas that it was closed because there was enough snow that they wouldn't let you do that. And oh, really, hmm. and and the week before, I I mean, I took these and these came in really handy. 
Um, and and uh, I've got some crampon things, and we'll talk about yeah, those we'll talk kind about of in our gear, gear time, time yeah. thing at the end. But um, they came in really handy. But the trails were so iced over from the previous week oh. that they wouldn't even they wouldn't even let you go down into the hoodoos. See, and that's that can be really. Um, troubling and uh, in a, put yourself in a very precarious situation um, if you aren't aware of the snow that melts before the new snow comes mm-hmm. that's what causes avalanche conditions on big mountains and that's what causes ice and crazy you know conditions that you could really hurt yourself you could. or slide down because I mean, if you go over the edge, there's yeah. no stopping. You well, you you got this really dry light snow mm-hmm. on, but thick. You know, a heavy, heavy mm-hmm. fall, six inches yeah, six or so, inches good. on top of some places that were just straight ice. Right. The, the you know, the zigzag really trail that conditions. goes down in there. That yeah. Be, yeah. And so, if you try to go on one of those trails, exactly, you're going to, if you slip, you're sliding. I mean, when Aaron and I went to the Grand Canyon on the way down to the, the Phoenix Improved Photography Retreat a couple mm-hmm. years ago, um, there were some patches of ice on the trail and you couldn't see it. It looked just like mud. Yeah, and we saw two or three people slide it, yeah, and fall. And if that if that was more ice down that trail, they would have been boom, beelining it right to a rock, you know, and like really hurt themselves, you know? or, or, or the edge of a cliff, or the edge of a cliff, <laughs> something like Bryce, where Bryce is really steep and really cliffy. Yeah. It's a really cliffy park. Yeah, but this this would solve that. As a matter of fact, I should tell you about. Did you see the picture that I had of me? Up on that little peninsula thing. Yes, yes, was, I did. Yeah, that was that was one of those situations, like uh, you know, like Alita Battle Angel, where you're looking straight down, and mm. yeah, I mean that you know it, it was like you know you're looking straight down into the abyss. Yeah, and crazy. you're on a pile of snow, so that was kind of a hairy situation. It looked like. Well, I I, I wouldn't have done it without these. Okay. So, okay. Um, because because I was grippy enough with those, but. But uh, yeah, we went down to Bryce Point, and and I'll tell you, I mean, Bryce is a, a, such an interesting place. You can zoom in, and I pulled the, you know, I pulled the seventy to two hundred mm-hmm. out, and mm-hmm. I took the one to four hundred out, and so you could kind of zoom in to some different landscape features, and mm-hmm. yeah, I did that a little bit. But I think that I would have done better with zooming into some of those features had I been able to get below them. Oh, so, you know, yeah. so so you get down below Thor's hammer and you look up and you have it yeah. against, even against the snowy canyon wall behind it. Right. I, I think I think you could have done. Because everybody can get the, anybody can get this perspective looking down. And we've already seen a bazillion pictures of that, right? Well, and it doesn't isolate. That's true, you yeah. You can't isolate you lose the it feature. In, yeah, you lose it in the rest of the foreground, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so I would have liked to hike down there, but I but they wouldn't let us. There were some people who did it anyhow. But Oh, man, that's so I I didn't want to get idea. my ticket punched, you know, out of boundaries, you know. Right. Take your Let's National take your... Parks Pass and pull it and punch it. No, they only do that with skiing. Anyhow. Yeah, One so maybe it's. <laughs> that's what they do if you sketch. But they might take your park pass away and then. You know, you're not allowed in for next year or whatever. You never know. I don't know. I wonder how they how do bad, that. How bad. I think bad they, they just give you a ticket. Maybe. Because they are law. They actually have law enforcement in there. They give right, you a right. ticket. Maybe I should have risked it. A ticket wouldn't have done that. If, if they told me you if can't the pictures were the ticket, I don't know. That's like that's a that's a tough one, you know. Yeah, <laughs> risk versus reward, right? It is. And then what if you go to a ticket and then your shot turns out like crap? It doesn't matter. It's like ah, <laughs> just wasted this. <laughs> that could have happened. But but um, that night we went. Jeez, um, where did we go? Yeah, so you rested and then you went out that following night. Now, that night we went out like just for sunset. Mm-hmm. Man, we went back to that other one that is 
Did you go back to Sunset Point or did you go somewhere else? Well, we we actually we tried Sunset Point and then we went over to Sunrise Point. Mm -hmm. They're both fantastic. Both of them, but I I got I got one panel that I really like where there's like the like what I did is I I stood up on top of you know they have these big huge like. they almost look like stacked rock piles that hold the logs yeah, that make part the of the walls. fence. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and because the snow is deep enough, I mean, those things are only about like knee high on me. Right. Because there's enough snow. Normally, okay, they're, normally they're up to high. your chest or waist. Yeah. And so I just stepped up on top of one of those. Okay. And then I set my really right stuff tripod up full extended and I've got the 24 L mm. and then I've got the, because I do landscape. I mean, I do uh architectural stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got the center column, which I okay. wouldn't have otherwise, but in this t- case it was really handy. So I got it way up there. Like, so I'm standing on top of this thing and I'm reaching way up over my head. And then I, I brought the, the lens way down. It was a real wide angle lens. Okay. And then I, so I got the sun set going mm. on over here, the sun approaching sunset. Mm-hmm. You know, you turn it up and to where you're getting some sun stars. I think I was using the 16 to 35 uh, okay. G Master lens that yeah. I've got, and um, it, but I got a really nice pillowy snow foreground because mm. it's on the other side of the fence, so mm-hmm. it's not tracked up or anything. Right, right. And and it's got kind of that pinky orange light from the mm-hmm. sunset that's mm-hmm. that's getting there, and then I've got the whole panoramic shot of the canyon, nice looking down into the slots and stuff too and so that one i i liked that um that composition and i liked it because of the foreground for the canyon really yeah yeah and so we did that that evening and then we moved over and we went and saw um sun set point and um when we were at sunset point i was like you know i wonder if sunrise would be good here Mm -hmm. and so the next morning we went back there same thing though we tried we got up a four and that was all just clouded in there was nothing to get and so then we went out at five and then you only have about half an hour to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we shot from there and then we, and, and i got some good, good shots with, with stars. Um, okay. although you can't really tell that you're shooting the Milky way. There was just, oh, you know, okay. those wispy clouds and, but you had some starlight and stars sure, showing through. Sure. And, uh, and one thing, Thomas got a picture. He kept focusing on it because he was kind of enthralled with the fact that that and it was weird because the and it started snowing on us later that morning okay. heavily. Okay. Um, but when we were first there, I mean, and I don't know if it's because like further out away from us, so it was clear while we were around where we were, mm-hmm. but further away it was snowing. Or you know how sometimes the the air almost just sparkles. Yes. It's it's called glister usually, yes. and and uh, it's because there's little ice crystals or whatever that are yeah being yeah like it's like around. the snowflakes are so tiny that they don't actually fall. They yeah. just kind of hang around yeah. in the air. It's weird. It's so cool. And it only happens when it's really dry. Right. Um, right. And, and it does that at donut falls. Sometimes we go to, we went to donut falls a couple years ago and, and the, and we went snowshoeing up there. Mm-hmm. So funny because we, we brought snowshoes. We didn't even need them. Oh yeah. Like there was so, the trail was so packed. Everybody's just wearing hiking shoes. We're like looking around like, Oh, they yeah. don't actually need snowshoes. We're just gonna wear Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was doing though. I mean, it was, it was like crystally, and then it does the same thing at the hot springs in the wintertime. Yeah. The hot springs mist come, like the steam comes up it and then it freezes, freezes enough. and then it just kind of glisters down. It's so cool. Yeah. It, it's it, amazing. It was cool. So I think maybe that was going on because 
the there was a a light that would show up but it was it was a green light but i know what it was way kind of off the horizon kind of behind something but it was oh was it the um it was, was the, the airport the airport tower it out was, there. but but it was like it was the like almost like somebody was shining a laser a green laser oh, up because it right. was it made this weird line straight up in from you know this weird green cuz almost line. like almost like when a street light catches the fog and you can see the outline of the light is doing that but it's more direct up yeah it was straight That's up you cool. couldn't see the, you couldn't see the source of light but it was reflecting right. off of the clouds and it stuff it was that it is it's that, it's that it was, it was it's that small weird. airport. It's the airport yeah. tower out there. It was, it was cool. Oh, that's so, cool. <laughs> so that was fun. And then we moved over to the other area and we got some more shots. But right after we got there, it started really coming down. Really? And then I got some really interesting shots with that because it's it's one of those things where you can kind of see. And, and I've been experimenting with black and white with mm-hmm, it even and mm-hmm. stuff. Because you can only see so far. It was almost mm, like heavy fog. Right. You know, and so what I, I was showing Thomas how what you do here is, is you, I mean, you can change and you can, you can have the streaks of, you know, you can do a, a relatively fast shutter speed mm-hmm. where you're freezing this or just making it so you actually see the streaks from the snow mm-hmm. or else you, you crank it, you know, the, the um, exposure time way up give it seven seconds or something mm-hmm. and close your aperture down and, and, you know, change your ISO down to like ISO 50 or whatever. Yeah. And so, so it's like almost like you have an ND filter cause it was still pretty early morning. So it's not bright out at all. Okay. Okay. And so then, you know, you do these long exposures and, all of a sudden, everything kind of shows back up to a degree. Right, right. I mean, it's like it, it looks more like a fog, right, than it yeah. does like snow interfering. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's like it's same it same idea yeah, of going like in. When I went and you know, you go shoot Giants Causeway. I knew it was going to be there in the middle of the afternoon, so I got some dark NDs, and you do these really mm-hmm. long exposures of the of the surf, and right. and then now just the rocks show up. Right, and it was the same kind of thing, same theory, and you do you do it the same way, mm. where where you you know you take these long exposures, and the rocks, the closer they are to you, the the more visible they are, and and yeah. then it, the further out it goes, it gets to the point where you get far enough out, it just like mists over. out, mm, and yeah, everything's yeah. like. And so those are some interesting pictures too. Mm. I, I like those. Yeah, I mean, you could easily do something along the borderlining fine art type of shots that way, you know, mm-hmm. by doing this really nice, subtle foregrounds of background with a nice textury, you know, rock in the middle kind of thing. That's really cool. Yeah. Huh. So I, I I never thought about doing that in the snow. That's that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, same same kind I of like thing. That. Yeah. So um and then then we went um we went eight again, and I mean, by then, like our, I mean, our trip was basically over. We mm-hmm. met some guys though that are Photog Adventures fans, really. And uh, let's see, it's Mark and Phil, I think the two two guys. Sweet, from, shout out to Mark and Phil. Yeah, they're, they're from <laughs> Vancouver, Canada. Really, and they were and down they here? drove down twenty like thirty one hours to get down there, and they came down specifically to do the Mighty Five kind of thing, the oh, Utah yeah, National yeah. Parks. And they, I mean, they they just bombed it down that here. That is awesome because they have amazing stuff up there. It's kind of cool to think that someone from really awesome area will come down here. For, oh, well, our for parks are still. impressive. I, I know, mean, we're, we're in the middle of very Park Mecca, You know, I mean, yeah. It what it's us in Yosemite and and uh, Yellowstone and, and yeah. but but Zion's but like so and, much in Utah yeah. is just amazing. Yeah. So yeah. they they were going to go do all of it, but um, we had uh, we had met them the night before. Okay. 
And we had like a coupon that came with our room because we had two queen beds mm. and we had dinner, like breakfasts for four. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we said, you guys are probably starving. You know, I mean, they're sleeping in a minivan, you know. <laughs> and so we went and found them and we went to breakfast with them, took nice. them to breakfast. And so that was fun. And, you know, they're college age kids and they're oh, okay they're uh yeah i mean man i wish i was doing what they were doing when i was in college oh my gosh i know me too I, I the cameras we had back then were just crap you just can't do the kind of thing i know these kids I, are so spoiled I, I think i had a, like <laughs> like we my, had like five megapixels at best i didn't even you you say that you you're younger than me because mm. i i mean i was working professionally when i bought my first real digital mm, cameras mm. Right. And so I had uh, um, uh, my first camera that I ever bought was a, a Canon AE1 program. Okay. I got that for Christmas yeah. when I was like 16. And that's a film camera for you guys. Yeah. I don't know. And then I got a <laughs> Canon T70 when I was in college. Okay. Maybe it was a T90. I can't remember a T70 or T90. I've kind of been dreaming of going and getting one of those and trying my hand at it again. Mm. Although I have an AE1 at home. That ISO and it. SA thing, you know, when you. you yeah. I'm sure glad we have digital cameras. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I was not interested in photography at all when I was in high school and college. Video was a different story. I was huge into video because you could edit it. Premiere had just barely come out. We had a blast with that program. And then we could do 3D stuff with it as well. I was hacking iMovie when it first came out because you finally had a real editor and you could get into iMovie and you could change the files because you could see where they were. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I could put stuff in that wasn't really supposed to be in there. I know. We we hacked that to death. But... um, (laughs) But I mean, I was selling real estate at that time. I've been mm. selling real estate for 24 years, so long time. But mm. um, but you know, you look at those, and then you look at us chimping. You know, talk about chimping, and then you talk about getting the new mirrorless cameras where mm-hmm. you can see what you're shooting, right? Real time feedback, and right? It makes. I don't know those cranky film guys that are talking to you know that like going back and shooting film. I I mm-hmm. do not miss that. Man, I never I was never interested. Yeah. So you know, thanks for joining us for the short discussion, guys, and the kind of veering off a little directions. But I hope you guys found that interesting. We're gonna do a little bit of gear time now and talk about these crampons that are these the, the ones that Drew has um, are different than the ones I've seen before. But there's several different styles of crampons. Crampons are basically stuff that goes under your boots that are a little spiky, that prevent you from slipping on the ice. These ones are awesome because they're not big old, huge ice no, climbing not. spikes. These are really cool. And, um, you know, the other thing that we got to mention is Red Canyon um, and flying oh, the drone. But, okay. but um, yeah, these these are from Yak Tracks. And Yak Tracks has some different levels of spikiness. And the first ones, the first time I ever really got exposed to these. This seems like a medium level. Yeah, this me. is about a medium. Okay. I've got, I found some really lightweight ones and I've got those two, like a lighter, less spiky version. Okay. And I got them from Costco for about 20 bucks. Hmm. And that's the, the very cheapest ones. And I, I've tried those a couple of times. These ones are, have a little bit more spike when you know you're going to be like walking on on something that's like really ice, like if you're going to go out and shoot on the lake, on the ice yeah. on the lake or yeah. something like that, these are great. These are not these are definitely what you want to like have inch like and this. a half long spikes that you put on mountaineering boots. These right. will go basically on any hiking boot. Right. And they, they like are, I just put them over, over my boot and they fit just fine. They're rubberized on the sides and then they have chains holding two rings of spikes, which is a really cool yep. design. That's really simple. I like I like that. They're about these are about forty six bucks. Okay, so the crampons I've seen before in the past are stretchy, 
um, tubes that go over the front and the back and have mm-hmm. tubes that go across your feet, which I think is also a decent design. So um, if you guys do plan on going out and shooting this, this, uh, this, the rest of the winter, that's, you know, still around, because it's not, it's not, I mean, probably got two more months of wintry weather still, right. right, in all reality. So if you guys are in the, the northern part of the U.S. and you guys do want to do some winter photography because there's some really cool things to do out there, like, you know, um, I don't know, steel wool spinning in the snow. Yeah, if you're going to do that, Anytime you're walking where, I mean, what I do in the wintertime is I just fold these. You can kind of twist them like a figure eight mm-hmm. and fold them up to where they're small. And you take those and you just put them in a, I've got a little thing for them. And uh, we we stick those in there, and I keep them in my camera bag. So nice. Th- this th- just makes it a lot easier. We'll but put a link in the description to, that are to some comparable products. To this the other thing on. that that I wanted to share is on the way out, you can't fly your drone in the national park. And I had a brand new Mavic Two Professional, mm. and I wanted to give it a shot. And so I pulled it out as we were going through Red Canyon. That's Red true. Canyon's I do remember seeing beautiful. the footage. It was. Beautiful and, footage, and so you can you know you can fly the drone there. It, they, it has a visitor center there in in the summertime, but it's mm-hmm. closed in the wintertime. Right, so we just right. pulled over, and we shot that. And we should put a link to the in the show notes to that one too, because that one is oh, yeah, pretty definitely. cool. Oh yeah, Your YouTube video that you have that we were yeah. showing during Gear Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do it. Did I over cool. here? We had someone who was in Bryce Canyon that knew who Photog Adventures yes. was. Yes. What were their names? I, I think it was Philip and Mark, and they're two guys from uh, Vancouver. Shout out too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> From where you said? They're from Vancouver. They're Vancouver. they're kind of older college age kids, like probably 23, 22. and they cool. they grabbed them. They took the minivan and <laughs> bombed it down straight down thirty one hours. Guys. Good for you guys. Yeah, and and came straight down here to uh, to to come to our national parks for a week. So that's awesome. awesome. So you say the names again? Uh, I think it's Phil and Mark, if I remember. Phil and right. Mark. Hey, mm-hmm. Phil and Mark. That's awesome that you were down there. It's too bad you only saw one part of Photog Adventures. You didn't get to see <laughs> us as well. But maybe yeah. we'll catch up with you again because we want to get out to Vancouver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So right, we got to wrap this up for sure. Anything you wanted to say before we go? No, man. Thanks for joining us, guys, for this podcast. I know it's a little bit on the short side, but we got to go and we love you and we, sh- um, yeah, hope the best that uh, your photography this week is great. Yeah. Have fun. Have a There's adventure. a lot of stuff to shoot, even when it's winter. There is. It's just cold. So go out there and have some fun, guys. Milky Way's back. And Milky Way is back, so March Madness, here we come. <laughs> See you guys.